Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity we have today to celebrate. Not in celebration of a seasonal holiday, but in celebration of an incredible reality. Of the love of a father towards his children. God, this night is all about you. We are here because of you. grab a seat. Well, good evening, church, and Merry Christmas. Thank you all for joining us this evening for our, our special Christmas Eve celebration. Um, my name is Darian Shafar, and I'm the lead pastor designate here at Gateway Alliance Church, and it is my pleasure and my privilege to be with you tonight to celebrate Christmas. I know a lot of us have different experiences with Christmas. Uh, for some of us, this is a season of joy and excitement as we get to spend time with family and friends and loved ones and we get to show generosity in giving gifts to one another and receiving from one another. But I know for others, this season is one that's filled with stress and uncertainty, stress from work and, and family, and sometimes even emotion from memories of people and things that we've lost. But you know, we're gathered here this evening not to simply check something off of the Christmas Eve checklist. We're not just doing this because it's a tradition that we grew up doing, and so, so we do it every year just because. But we're gathered here tonight to celebrate an incredible reality. That God, the God who created the universe, who created you and he created me and he created everything in this universe. That God, when he looked down on us in our brokenness, in our pain, in our hurt, when he looked down on us in our sin and all of the mistakes we've made and the ways we've hurt ourselves and we've hurt others, he didn't look at us in anger or contempt, but he looked at us in love. And so he sent his son, born as a human, born of a woman, born into the same broken and messed up world that we live in. He sent him to walk with us, to teach us, to guide us, to show us his love, to reveal the nature and character of who God is. He sent him to walk among us, to be there for us, to suffer with us, and ultimately to be tortured by us and killed by our hands. You know, the story of Christmas, really simply, it, it's a love story. It's the story of the love of a father who was so desperate 
to reconcile his lost children to himself who wanted to have a relationship with us so much that he was willing to subject himself to unimaginable pain. It's a story of a father who sent his only son to come into this world to love us so that we might be set free. Luke chapter 2 it says, while they were there, they being Mary and Joseph, the mother and father of Jesus, while they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for Mary to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place in the guest room. The town was busy. The village was full all of the houses had people in them crammed into all nooks and crannies. There was no room in the guest rooms. There was no spare bedroom. There was no spare corner for this poor pregnant lady and her husband to lay their heads. The, the village was too busy for them. And so in an act of just looking for shelter, they, they turned to this stable. And then in the most unhygienic of places, surrounded potentially by who knows what kind of animals. Mary gives birth to a son and names him Jesus. And then it goes on and it says, Now in that same region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. The Savior, Messiah, the Lord. Three words that we might not fully understand in our modern context, but three words that carried unimaginable weight when they were spoken. Savior and Lord being two words that at that time were primarily used to describe the Roman emperor, who was considered the savior of the world because he would march his armies into enemy territories, defeat them, and be like, hey, look, I brought you peace. Lord, because he ruled over the empire, and that's all the world was. He ruled over it, so he must be Lord. Messiah being a term that, uh, for, in Jewish thought of an anointed one, a chosen one, one whom God would send to set his people free. A savior meaning one who saves others. One who saves not only Israel but the entire world from their sin. Lord, meaning one who has authority over everything. Messiah, meaning the one whom God had chosen 
And God had set apart and appointed to deliver his people. And these three words, they weren't spoken into a vacuum, no. But if we flip back one chapter earlier to a point where, where Mary, an angel appears to Mary, and the angel's like, good news, I know you're not married, and I know that you've never slept with a man, but you're pregnant. And then after this, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And these words spoken by these angels were spoken in a time of history when the promise that God had given his people seemed to have disappeared. God had told them, I will establish a kingdom for you forever. But Israel had just undertook hundreds of years of slavery to different enemy empires. Babylon, Persia, Seleucids, Macedonia, and now Rome. And for hundreds of years, they had been striving for freedom. They had been looking for a way that they might be free and that this promise that God had given them might come to pass. And into this context, God sends a baby. Not a mighty warrior like you might expect, but a baby. Born in a lowly stable, in a backwater town, in a not very important part of the Roman Empire. A baby who was a savior, who would save not only Israel, but the entire world, not from Rome, but from the consequences of their sin. A baby who is the Lord, meaning he holds authority over everything. A baby who is the Messiah, the chosen one, the appointed one, the one that God had sent to set his people free. Baby who is not only special and called, but was actually the son of the most high God. God himself coming in flesh baby to whom God would give the kingdom of David forever. And at this point in history, Israel was expecting that God would send a Messiah. But their expectation was that God would choose the biggest, buffest, most powerful guy in the gym and then he would send them out to gather an army and put on a rebellion, defeat Rome and restore Israel. And their goal was they believed that God was going to restore an ancient kingdom that he had given their, one of their ancestors, David, that they had lost through their disobedience. But God wasn't interested in defeating Rome. God wasn't interested 
in establishing an earthly kingdom. No, God wanted to take down the kingdom of evil and darkness that we had allowed to rule the world for too long. He wanted to defeat the kingdom of evil and establish a new kingdom, a kingdom of his love through which he would restore the world to the perfection he had intended for it. But why? Why did God do this? Why did God care about us? Well, it was simply because God didn't create human beings because he was bored. He didn't create human beings because he needed us for something or he wanted entertainment or, or he wanted us to provide him with food. No, God created us because he wanted people whom he could love who would have the choice to love him back. But ultimately, we rejected that love. We said, thanks God, but, but no thanks. We're going to do things our own way. And in doing so, we unleashed all sorts of evil and brokenness and sin into the world. But God knew what we were going to do. And so he had a plan. And so he began to work through individuals. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses. And then through the, the greater nation of Israel with the goal of restoring the world to perfection, of bringing the world under his rule and his authority. And the culmination of that plan ultimately all along was that he knew he was going to have to send his son. And so he sent his son to be born, to walk amongst us, to live with us and to die for us. To take our sins and the consequences that we deserved for our brokenness upon himself that we might be free. See, with Jesus, sin was defeated. With Jesus, evil was dethroned. With Jesus, God set the record straight. With Jesus, God came in human flesh, walked amongst us, loved us, and showed us who he truly is. With Jesus, God suffered at our hands and died for us that we might be free. With Jesus, God was giving each and every one of us an opportunity to turn back to him and to come back into his family. With Jesus, God is saying, welcome home. See, the story of Christmas and really the overarching story of, of history is a love story. It's the story of the love of a father who created us to be his children whom he could love. He was so desperate to do whatever it took 
to bring us back to him. That he was willing to send his son to die for us. And all this began with a baby boy born in a lowly stable in a backwater town in the middle of nowhere and laid 